Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace. In God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. The word of God upon which we base our message this morning on this 17th Sunday after Pentecost is both the Old Testament and the New Testament reading, uh, gospel reading, uh, which you heard read before from the Old Testament, Ezekiel. The fathers eat sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. And from the gospel, there was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later, he changed his mind and went. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who went all the way to the cross so that we might have eternal life, my beloved. I think we're all familiar with the blame game. You know how it goes. He hit me first. She started the argument. Even the disciples got into the act with Jesus one time. They said, Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And then, of course, the classic line of all, The woman you gave me, she gave me some of the fruit from the tree and I ate. The Old Testament reading for this morning describes some people who wanted to blame others for the problems that they were having. And God would have none of it. Instead, he said, repent and live. The Old Testament reading for this morning takes us to a time when God's promises to punish his people, the people of Israel, for generations of debauchery and sexual perversion and idolatry and selfishness were finally coming true. For many years, God's people speculated that God was bluffing. He would never punish them. They were his people. But God always says what he means and means what he says. And so this was the time right now that he allowed an enemy nation to take his people from the city of Jerusalem into captivity in a land far away. Today we know it as Iraq. Back then it was known as Babylon. And there they would be refugee captives for 70 years. And that's the people that Ezekiel is preaching to right now while they're in captivity. Well, instead of repenting of their sins and acknowledging them to God, they blamed others for their predicament. They quoted a proverb. It said, the fathers eat sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. 
what in the world does that mean? I think it's kind of humorous, you know, when you have a one-year-old child and, give, and when, when they have their very first taste of a lemon, you know how they sort of grimace? And well, God's uh, people captive there in Babylon, what they were saying is, our fathers ate sour grapes, but we're ha- we have that sour taste in our mouth. They should get the blame, not us. We don't deserve this predicament over here. Oh, we're sort of bad, but they were really bad. We don't deserve this. You're punishing us, God, for their crimes. God came back to them and he says, that's not how it works. I never punish anyone. I never punish someone for the sins of others. I'll tell you how it works. And the major chunk of chapter 18, which is not read today, goes like this. There was a man. We'll call him the grandfather. And he was a righteous man. And he worshipped the Lord God. And he was kind to others. And because of his faith, he was granted eternal life. But then there was the son who came along. And he was not like his father at all. He committed adultery idolatry, robbery. These were all signs of unbelief, an unbelieving heart. And when he died, he went to hell. And along came the grandson. And he saw the sins of his father. And he said, I don't want to be like that. And so he worshiped the Lord and he was kind to others. And he believed in God's grace and forgiveness. And he was granted eternal life. And after God told that story to Ezekiel, you know what the people said? That's not fair. First of all, those Jews in captivity blamed their ancestors for all their problems. And now they were blaming God for not being fair. God rewards individual believers. He says, I I don't look at a whole group of people and then punish uh, an individual for their sins. I look at everybody individually. And the individual person who believes and worships me is granted eternal life. And an individual who disrespects me and does not believe in me has eternal death. So people, repent and turn to me in faith and love. In the gospel, Jesus gives an illustration of two sons. Father came to the first son and he said, son, I want you to go out and uh, work in the uh, vineyard. He said, no, I'm not going to go. But later on, he changed his mind and he went. And then the father said to his other son, son, go into the, the vineyard and work. And the son said, yes, sir. But he didn't go. Jesus asked the Pharisees standing around, which one did what the Father wanted? It was the one who changed his mind from disobedience to obedience. And so Jesus said, that's why the prostitutes and the sinners and the tax collectors are going to heaven. They recognize their sin. They recognize that they need help, and they turn to me in faith. They change from unbelievers to believers, and they will be granted eternal life. Ever had the experience with the blame game? We're drowning in it. 
There's a cesspool of blame going around here in the United States. Immigration. They're letting too many people in. They're not letting enough people in. And that's why we got all these problems. I don't have the the medical health care plan that I should blame the people in Washington because they got it all wrong. Problems in our cities. Blame the police. Blame the rioters. Why do we have such a national debt, trillions of dollars? Because of those congressmen, those senators, the president. They don't know how to handle money. Equifax. Now, there's really somebody to blame for perhaps your identity theft. Democrats blame Republicans. Republicans blame Democrats. Oh, and then there's the national anthem. Those who kneel blame those who stand, and those who stand blame those who kneel. Do we deserve what's going on around us any more than any people of any other time? No. We did not deserve the abundance of all the good that we have known. And we do not deserve the troubles more than any other people of any other time. But when you really think about it, and my brother just uh, toured about 20 states in the United States out east, he says, it's a whole bunch of lies what you're hearing on TV about how degraded our nation is. There's a lot of good people out there. You just don't hear about it. God has given us so many blessings. But so often we complain about our nation's shortcomings, which really is blaming God. You know, when all is said and done, if we were all to receive exactly what we deserve, we could only look forward to our own individual dungeons in the deepest pit of hell. But God doesn't give us what we deserve. In response to the blame, going back to the stories, it's kind of interesting when you take a look at the Old Testament and then the Gospel, there's actually five men that are talked about there. Three of the five changed their minds, one for worse, two for better. The ones that repented turned to the Lord in faith and trust. God promised eternal life in heaven. It's kind of interesting that... uh, Five men, three repented. But you know what? There was a sixth man that wasn't mentioned in either one of the illustrations. Unlike those three of the five, Jesus never changed his mind. When God the Father sent his son to save us, he answered right away, Yes, sir. And he took the world's sins all the way to the cross. In the greatest and most unfair exchange of all time, God the Father blamed his own son for all of us who so much like to play the blame game. Instead of the blame game, repent. 
Repent, God says. Don't look at others. Just look at yourself. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them, and I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, has had mercy upon us and has given his only Son to die for us and for his sake forgives us all our sins. To those who believe on his name, he gives power to become the children of God and has promised them his Holy Spirit. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Grant this, Lord, unto us all. Amen. We stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith this morning in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. 